Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hello, hello, welcome. I am so excited you're here for today's conversation. My guest is Nina Carey. And if that name sounds familiar, maybe it's because you recall the sleeveless trench design that Meghan Markle wore of hers from her label Noni. But what we are going to talk mostly about is her new venture, Folds. She is innovating an industry that has not had a lot of innovation in over 50 years. It is timely. It is important. Let's get straight to the conversation. Nina, thank you so much for joining me today. It is so wonderful to see you. Hi, Donna. I'm so excited to talk to you. So we are going to, I can't wait for this conversation because what you're doing with Folds is so incredibly innovative and important. But before we get into that, I'd love for you to just sort of share a little bit of your story. Like, where did you start and how did you get here? Sure. Um, So my parents came from India to Canada in the 70s, and they both worked in clothing manufacturing. So I, I have so many memories of me as a little kid running around in the factories and the you know, that's where I went for daycare. Um, but my dad was very clear that he didn't come all this way for me to do what they do. He was like, you're going to go and be an engineer, a lawyer or a doctor. So I did engineering at the University of Calgary and worked as one for several years. But then it was when um, I lost my brother, my only sibling in that process. And that pushed me to design because that was something that I that's how I found myself, I would say, is through just designing. And then I launched House of Noni, and that was a great success, or that is. Um, It was such a whirlwind, and ultimately it landed on Meghan Markle. She wore one of our pieces in public, and that took the brand into Love that sleeveless trench. We're still selling that one. Um, And then um, I think, you know, when COVID hit, you know, I pivoted. And I went and I, I've spoken to you about this before, but it was just such a natural pivot for me. I don't know what caused it, but I pivoted into healthcare and trying to help serve the workers more. And that's how Folds was launched. And it started with the masks you were making was kind of part of that entryway. What, what about the masks were you focused on as part of that COVID pivot? So we got into the masks quite early and we started doing medical grade masks, not just um, just not just fabric, but um, when we were delivering those masks, it was such a nice feeling for me because I have family that work in the healthcare industry, and a lot of them were still going out and working while we were all home, and some of them were completely isolated from their families. So I always felt this itch to do more. The masks were great, but what else could I do? So I started looking at. Uh, you know, they were putting um, these big coats on, um, what, like gowns. I was trying mm-hmm. to see if maybe I can make gowns, maybe I can do this, because they were running out of gowns too. Um, but then I really took notice to what they were wearing. And it was really sad to see the amount of um, poorly designed, poorly constructed scrubs. Some of them hadn't even been updated since the 70s. I actually talked to one woman who had a pee hole in her scrub pants. They were made for men. So that when they were, um, it was actually Danny who was telling me this, but when she, when they're in surgery, they could pee. But that's the type of, that, that's how outdated the scrubs industry is and how old it is. So I immediately 
thought to myself, oh, I can do this for them. I can make them nicer clothing. And that's kind of where that went. <laughs> well, we're, I, I'm like, I have so many questions about scrubs now. But before we get to there, I love asking everyone this question, because as a fashion designer, as someone who loves fashion, I imagine you have a moment where you realized that this thing we call fashion, the, this clothing that we wear, it holds so much more power than just protecting our bodies from the sun, the rain, the snow, the wind. Do you have a memory of when you connected those yeah. dots? Yeah, I was really little though. I can't, I, I can't remember the age, but it was when my dad at the factory showed me a picture, a sketch of a sweater. And then he showed me this actual sweater. And I was just, I couldn't believe that you could take someone's thoughts and make something that people live their lives in. And to me, that was just mind blowing. And so that's when I couldn't let it go. It started from that point. And it sounds like that is exactly what was happening during COVID when you were, you know, had family working in healthcare and you just said now, like I had a moment thinking I could do this differently. So what about scrubs? Like I'm, you know, envisioning, you know, my ER watching days, like I don't have a lot of firsthand knowledge when it comes to the frontline workers in healthcare. What about the scrubs needed updating? I would say the fabric and the designs for sure. The designs are so boxy, uncomfortable. Um, and then when you talk about the fabric, we're talking about just cotton or linen. Um, and they're scratchy, no stretch. Um, I, you know, I haven't really walked into a hospital and seen doctors and nurses wearing nice scrubs, looking good. And, and, I, and I believe that they should. They're on their feet for 14, 16 hours a day sometimes. And they should be wearing something where they feel confident enough to do their job, especially when, you know, they got our lives in their hands. They should be the most confident and comfortable. So there's a design component, and then you talked about the fabric component. What about the fabric needed updating, and what was your journey to whatever the fabric is that Folds uses? Like, tell me about yeah. that. Well, the fabric, and, and the other thing is the amount of scrubs that are are produced and end up in landfills. These these people do wear a lot of scrubs, and they do ninety percent of the scrubs always do end up in landfills. So. Wow. For me, the biggest thing was circularity. I wanted to really find something that we can take back after they're done with it and do something with. Um, I didn't really understand that fabric could be, that this nylon even exists, that you can melt it down. For me, I, was, I, I always thought that we'd take it back, scrap it, make something different out of them. I don't know, something like that. But this fabric that I set out to find had to do had to do something with that and it also had to provide protection so when i realized how poorly the doctors were were dressed i started looking at what's out there for athletes and it's mm -hmm. incredible like adidas and nike they've done so much innovation for athletic wear even yoga wear is quite innovative um so i knew that there there were things out there that we could do specifically for medical health workers um and the one thing I really wanted to make sure is that they have some sort of antibacterial property. So when I found my lab that I work with now, um, there, there are partners now, we worked to develop a fabric that works like a shield. 
so they can wear it. They don't have to wear a ton of PPE on top of it. It's something that can protect themselves and protect the people around them. Um, and that's how I landed at the fabric that I found that Folds is using now. And it's a 100% merle nylon and it's completely recyclable. So when you wear your scrubs, you have them for two years, you send them back to us, we melt them down, we pull more yarn out of the po the polymers that we get and then knit more fabric and create new scrubs. You melt them down yes. to create more yarn to knit more scrubs. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a process. And right now we use for the fresh version fabric, we use airbags, old rugs, just old stuff that you would find um, in landfills. We're just we're trying to keep landfills clean. Well, and, you know, the the amount of clothing that ends up in landfill is something we've been, you know, kind of hearing about in the sustainability conversation for a really long time. Did you have a moment where that just really like resonated with you where you're like, I have to like rethink, like, was that a pre-COVID mm -hmm. moment or when did that really, you know, mm -hmm. sit for you? I think it was pre-COVID. Not too pre-COVID, but I, I was at that time trying to figure out a different business model from my line, make it more of a rental, because um, learning that certain stores that people shop at that are very cheap, learning that they intentionally make the clothing to fall apart after two or three washes, intentionally they make it to do that, that was unsettling for me. I think I have this, I live in Calgary, Alberta. I don't live in a big city. So I always feel like everybody's acting out of their heart. You know, they're trying to do the right thing. And then when I learned that, no, there's these massive corporations um, that intentionally, they don't, they don't really care about where the clothes end up. They just want to make their money. At the end of the day, it comes down to making their money. Um, at that point, I thought, okay, I, I can't be a part of this. I need to do something different. And what was the process like finding this new fabric? Like, was it, it, does it have a name or how do you describe what you are making folds out of? Um, so a lot of research. I did a ton of research. I talked to so many people, so many labs. And then I finally found the fabric that I love. It's called Merle Nylon. Mm -hmm. They've been around for, since the fifties. Um, and they basically just make this very specific nylon uh, with really long carbon chains. And it also has a ton of hydrogen in it, which gives the fabric its natural stretch. So there's no use. We, we don't use elastane. We don't use um, spandex. It has a ton of natural stretch. So I was immediately really attracted to the fabric. It's also buttery soft, extremely soft fabric. Um, and I remember when I felt there, when I felt the fabric the first time I I couldn't, I couldn't wait to have people who are working so long in the day have this against their body. Um, and that's, that's what we've, we've consistently have heard from people too, is they can't believe the fabric and the comfort of it. Um, so I knew right away when I found the Merle nylon, I knew this was what we were going to use. And you mentioned that it has antimicrobial yeah. properties to it. Tell me more about that and how that is such a, like, is that a big difference from wearing the cotton linen that traditional scrubs are made of? Yeah. Um, so we use nanotechnology to fuse actual silver ions into the yarn. 
before we knit the fabric. So there's a ton of silver in it. Um, and it's not tiny, like uh, tiny enough to get through your skin through osmosis. It's, they're large ions. Um, and what that silver does is it keeps the fabric clean. It's basically self-cleaning. So it keeps odors away, but it also kills the the fabric that we use, it actually also works with enveloped viruses as well. So within about 20 minutes, if somebody coughs on you or, you know, gets a contaminated microbe on you, within about 20 minutes, it's dead, it's gone. Um, and it also, our fabric also doesn't get any lint in the air, no microfiber release. So if you do have anything on you, it's not going to get in the air and be, and no one's going to breathe it in from around you or you're going to breathe it in. Actually, that was something that a doctor once told me is that their biggest worry is taking the scrubs off when they're wearing the cotton regular scrubs. It's That's when they breathe everything in that's on them and things get into the air around them. So our, fab, our scrubs don't, don't do that. Um, traditional scrubs fabric, they don't have any protection. They might have some sort of uh, water repellent sprayed on them, so they'll have a solvent on them, but um, they're generally just plain cotton. So if you get anything on them, the, it sits there for hours, potentially days, and it also gets into the air. Um, so that's kind of, that's what was really appealing to me about the fabric is the fact that it, it's like you're wearing armor um, and it'll just reduce the risk of being infected and spreading the infection too. And how did you approach the design for scrubs? Because when I picture traditional scrubs, I see kind of a boxy t-shirt with maybe a pocket for something in it and, you know, drawstring pants. Yeah. It is, is that an accurate vision of what a traditional scrub yes. uniform yes. looks like? What was your approach when wanting to reinvent that? They're also really scratchy, uncomfortable, no stretch. Um, I started talking to as many doctors and nurses as I can from all different industries. And so I learned immediately that which, which pockets are important. So a lot of the traditional scrubs don't actually have good pockets. They only have one or two. So I knew, okay, lots of pockets. I wanted to give it an athletic feel. So I wanted to make them tailored. So lots of stretch was good there. Um, and I really just went back to my Noni um, designs and just looked at what people like to wear. I loved making things that made women feel, for me, it was always about being easy. You know, you want to grab something, put it on and feel like yourself and feel comfortable. So I just went back to that. I looked at my old designs, looked at what people loved, and I started designing with what I learned about the industry. So we came out with really nice tailored joggers um, and tailored tops that one of them and crew necks, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the traditional scrub tops are V-necks, but a lot of women like the crew neck. They don't want to have something where you're bending over and you're worried about anything showing. So we developed a nice crew neck and that's been one of our top sellers actually. Well, which brings me to another question in terms of do hospitals buy the scrubs? Are you a direct to consumer model? Like who, who buys the scrubs once you are, you know, in medical school, you're at a hospital, what does that model look like? So how did you have to navigate yeah. that? Um, we are a D2C company, direct to consumer. So everybody comes and buys it for themselves. We've had a few clinics that bought for the, for all the staff, but generally the hospital provides 
But if you want to go out and buy your own scrubs, you're welcome to do that. That's that's what I understand. There, there, there are color limitations. So certain hospitals do require that you wear navy only or white only in Nova Scotia. Um, but that's generally how I understand the industry works. Our price point is also a bit higher than what traditional scrubs are. Um, and so that's been one of our biggest, uh, I would say biggest challenges is just we're dealing with an industry that's not used to spending more than $30, $40. And we're now asking them to send, spend a premium amount on our scrubs just because the quality, <clears throat> the technology is so expensive. Everything is manufactured here in Canada. So it is quite expensive. So DSC works very well for us. What's the feedback from some of the doctors and nurses and frontline workers who have been wearing your scrubs? What are some of the things that they've shared? I always thought that they would rave about feeling clean, but they're raving about how comfortable they are, how be- how the fabric feels on their skin. Um, <clears throat> I've We've been called the most comfortable scrubs on the market. So that's been, now that's become a point of me to concentrate on is just comfort. Well, and comfort, I think, is one of those words that we don't give enough credit to sometimes. And, you know, I was talking with Dr. Liza of Dr. Liza Shoes. She's a, a, a chiropractic doctor. And we were talking about the importance of comfort with footwear because discomfort is is a sense of unease and how that permeates through your body like we aren't doing our best work when we aren't comfortable and certainly i would think we want our frontline workers to be feeling comfortable and and confident when they are when they are doing their work were there any other industries that you kind of look to where it's like well lots of innovation goes in there why aren't we looking at our healthcare the same? Totally. Way? Um, the first one I looked at was athletic clothing. Um, <clears throat> we do so much for our athletes to make them comfortable. And I don't think that healthcare workers are any different. They're quite active. They'll be, they squat, they'll be getting down on the floor to talk to kids. They'll be moving fast to help someone. Um, so for me, the full range of motion was always really important to make sure they have that. Um, and then we did a lot of squat tests in our scrubs. I wanted to make sure our scrubs were something you can wear to the gym and do a full workout in and be comfortable. Um, and, and, and our and our scrubs are actually sweat wicking too. So that adds to the comfort. So um, comfort was always something that I wanted to make sure they would have. And the feedback I've gotten is it's it's totally changes their day when they don't have to think about what they're wearing. You're right. When you feel constricted, how do you how do you work and how do you concentrate on things when you can't breathe in something that you're wearing? So one of the things for folds is always to start with the body and let the body breathe. And that's why we have so much hydrogen in the fabric as well. Well, and I'm also just thinking too, when I think of, you know, the stories from COVID, the level of anxiety that so many frontline workers had yeah. because of their proximity to to the viruses and you, you know you touched on something a little bit earlier about how like the antimicrobialness actually diminishes the spread of of viruses what yeah. else can you say about that it reduces the spread for sure but i think it also lets you work in confidence 
it takes that worry away. Um, I wear my fold scrubs every time I travel. I hate the feeling of being on an airplane um, and breathing that air and just, and after COVID, it's gotten even worse. Um, it psychologically does help when you're wearing something that is comfortable. Number one, you're, you can breathe in it and you also know that it's self, it's taking care of you. I think, I think that's the important thing about clothing is that we need to get to a point where clothing is just something that we wear to look nice or to cover ourselves up, but it has to do something for us too. And this is where I feel super comfortable when I'm flying, when I'm in my fold scrubs, I can fly comfortably and it's, and it doesn't drain your energy. You know, you're not thinking about how uncomfortable you are, how gross this feels. And that's what I hope that healthcare workers, when they wear our scrubs, that's what I hope that they also feel too. That energy that they would have wasted feeling uncomfortable could be used to help someone now and do their job at their fullest potential. You mentioned sustainability a lot at the beginning, like the circularness of mm -hmm. Uh, of the of the fabric and sustainability and climate change are very much part of the you know Venn diagram how do you see folds contributing to a better climate in terms yeah. of its um, processes, its manufacturing. How is that running in the back of your mind? Because I can hear as you're talking, the engineering Nina, you know, <laughs> is intersecting with the with the designer Nina so profoundly with this with this uh, with this new product that you're developing. Yeah, I've had so many people that work at Folds be like, okay, we need to take what Nina's saying and now make it for normal people. <laughs> um, I um, so we use a lot less energy to make a, for example, a cotton t-shirt and one of our t-shirts, we use a lot less energy. We use, um, we save 4,000 liters of water. We don't pollute any water. We don't use any water in our dyeing. Um, the, we also keep all microplastics out of laundry water, which is a huge thing with our, with, with, um, our oceans and our laundry. But the amount of energy that we save with the production of the fabric and then the recycling is amazing. It's profound. Um, that's where I really think that this nylon can really change the world. It just keeps everything out of the landfills, um, reduces the amount of production waste, which is, a, that's something that people don't realize is the manufacturing waste is quite huge too. All the scraps of fabric, where do they all end up? They end up in landfills. Um, all of our scraps just get recycled. Um, I'm very careful with what we're doing and the process that we're doing and, and even internally, how much are we shipping? Are we, are we shipping directly from the fabric? We ship all orders from the factory, sorry, um, directly from the factory. There's no middleman. So shipping is very minimal for us. Um, we're very, very careful with how we do business. I do believe that I have two little kids and I want to leave them a world where they can thrive. And so far with the way things are going, it just doesn't seem like, it seems like we really need to do, we really need to do some work to get there. And I think fashion is a really important place to start. Well, say more about that. What is, about, what is it about fashion? Like, do you consider yourself still part of the, of the fashion world? Is Noni still something that 
I think is, Noni is kind of running on idle in the background right yeah. now. It's 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 coming back. It's just not a focus right yeah. now. Noni's there. It's it's it has it's adapted adopted the technology as well. So we do sell a few pieces there, but um, it's definitely in on a back burner right now. While I keep working on folds, which is growing at a much higher pace, um, and I would say Noni is still fashion. I just don't agree with what the fashion industry is today and the amount of greenwashing and the amount of just pushing product, the consumerism, that part always just gets me. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek and I always look at, not the new Star Trek, I'm talking about the original TNG. Okay, I'm a next generation like, girl myself okay. if I'm going to watch Star yes. Trek. Picard, <laughs> Deep Space Nine, I love it all. Um, so I get a lot of inspiration from there and fashion is something that it's, it's more about the person I find it's more about how they carry themselves and the style that they have. But fashion is something that's so, it's not a problem. It's something that, you know, they replicate and then they can destroy. And it's, it's, that's where I think we need to get. And circularity is really, I feel like the only way fashion can get to a healthy place because even the processes that we keep putting forth, like taking post-consumer plastic and making fabric out of it, those things have so much energy that that's used as well. I, you know, it's hard to say, are they, are they even helping or are they making things worse? But the biggest thing with reusing clothing is amazing. You know, um, we just need to get to a place where people can actually also afford better options. Because right now, the stuff is very expensive, even producing in Canada. Noni is all produced in Canada. It's so expensive to do that. So there's a lack of support for making things more accessible. And I think there's a lack of knowledge and education in this for the regular consumer. What would you like consumers to know? Like, what are sort of the three main things that you would like consumers to understand right now that could hopefully move the needle a little bit? It's such a complicated question because I feel like, you know, there's people that buy fashion because they want to look a certain way. They like the labels. They want that the world to know that. But then there's also people who just, they like to shop. Um, I think understanding where your clothing will end up at the end of its life is a big deal. And understanding that the people making these clothes, first of all, the workers are not paid well, usually. The fabric usually has a ton of, and I've learned this recently, but even just cotton, just the way it takes the moisture out of the skin, the way the certain chemicals that are used to dye the fabric, these things are, they're detrimental to our health and the air once, once it's in landfills. But I think asking that big question of what happens to this clothing when I'm done with it, that and digging into that, that can help someone really understand why is this industry so troubling and the amount of clothing that is unworn that ends up in landfills. That's also quite shocking to me. And I, I think it just comes down to understanding ego. I mean, why do we need so much? You know, and that was always a thing that when I was working more in fashion, I always looked at these new collections coming out. And it was like, why do we need so much clothing? What is that? 
So I feel like there's so many different things that people need to understand about themselves as well as why do we consume at the level that we consume. Um, and, and, and I've noticed that that whole culture that we used to have where you can't have repeating outfits, that's slowly dying, thank, thank God. But these are deep questions that we really need to understand is why do we have to make so much clothing and why does most of that clothing end up in countries where people are running around in them from landfills? They find them in landfills, these poorer countries. There's so much. It, it is. I, I know it is a, a beast of a question. Yeah. And what I find so important about how you're answering it is there there is like a, a personal psychological exploration that is required as well as the yeah. practical understanding about the operations of, because the, of the industry change let's be honest the number to change it is in the billions i think it's either it's like tens of billions of dollars it would take to change the industry to make it more sustainable actually sustainable not not greenwashing but really sustainable these companies already make hundreds of billions of dollars a year they're not going to change it really does have to come from a personal um, endeavor in, inside um, and i do also think that it takes it takes one person. If you can, if you can dig into your soul and figure that out on your own, it's like a ripple effect. Your kids will change, your neighbors will listen to you and they'll change. It really is. We as a consumer just need to get better knowledge on how we consume, why we consume so much and what exactly we're doing and why. Nina, I can sense you with a smile, positively pushing a very big boulder up the hill as an <laughs> entrepreneur with, you know, these are big, these are big issues in terms of climate change and local manufacturing and the psychology of why we consume and wanting a whole industry to, you know, feel better when they're working. What, what fuels your tank? Like, how do you keep the energy going or what do you do when it starts to feel so daunting in order to yeah. keep putting one foot in front of the other a few things i i have a little document on my laptop that says everything that folds is doing and you know i read it all the time like i i'll read it to you it's just one meter of cotton fabric uses 1400 liters of water the same fabric um uses three percent same fabric releases three percent of its mass into the world and we use 23% less energy to do all that and no water. That I have to repeat to myself, the good stuff that we're doing, it's worth it. This, this grind is worth it in the long run. Um, I spend so much time in nature, so much time in nature. That's how I recharge. But this is a really, it is a really hard thing. I mean, in fashion, especially in textile, this is such a difficult place to start a business it's number one, so saturated. And, and number two, being heard is so hard. Um, but you know what, if it takes tenacity, takes persistence, if you really believe you're doing something good for the world, and that's why I keep going back to those stats that I have of what we're doing, remind yourself, keep going. There has to be change in the world and it's, and change is never easy. Well, and you are, that little girl that you were talking about at the beginning where you've made the sketch and you have brought it 
into into real life. Thank you. I feel you that so- still, Donna. Sometimes yeah. too, when I see doctors wearing folds, I still have that feeling of I can't believe I drew that on paper, and now that person's actually doing their job wearing it. So, what's some of the most meaningful feedback you've gotten from the doctors I, or nurses? Just gratitude the gratitude to give them that attention. I feel like it's la- like it was it was it was athletic wear, yoga wear was such a huge thing, outerwear like we focus on these things but there's this industry of workers that don't get that attention and when everything goes wrong in the world, the whole economy lands on their back and they're the ones who have to keep pushing it and they get very little attention and very little innovation. So it's just that's, that's, that's what I love about my job is focusing. They deserve it too. You know? Absolutely. And if people want to, you know, learn more about folds, if they want to, you know, mm-hmm. follow along with when, when Noni will have its next release, where can people learn and yeah, follow? Um, folds is uh, on my site, foldswear.com or Instagram foldswear. And Noni too is noniware.com and Instagram's noni.ware. And all of these will be linked in the show notes. Nina, thank you so much for being here thank and you, sharing Donna. your story. Like what a what an amazing, you know, way to take knowledge of science and fashion and take COVID and just pivot it into something um, really revolutionary. Thank you so much for taking thank time to chat so with me. Much. Thanks, Donna. Thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends, your family, on your networks. It would mean the world to me. Fashion Talks is done in partnership with the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about them at CAFA Awards, C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S on Instagram. This episode was produced by Jason Perrier. You can find him on Instagram at a Jason Perrier. You can follow the pod at Fashion Talks Pod, and you can follow me at This Is Donna B. All of us on Instagram. I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you so much, and have a great day. <music>